0: Welcome back to ATBS, the podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Volmerich. Thanks for being here. My guest today is many things he's an executive recruiter, a father, a husband, an avid athlete, and a prolific podcaster. He hosts the Ultimate Hire podcast and the Executive Athletes podcast. You can find those wherever you get your podcasts. I'm psyched to welcome Ken Lubin into the podship today. Just before we get started, Here are a few ways you may choose to support this independent podcast. Pick an episode that has resonated with you and text or email it to a friend. Take a moment to write a review or click on the patron link and support us that way. Your actions definitely make a difference and help to spread the high vibrations of ATBS the podcast. So thank you. Hey, Ken, welcome to ATBS, the podcast. Thanks for joining me today.
1: Awesome. No, it's an honor to be here.
0: It's taken us a little while to pull this together. I thought back on it. We were talking way back in the summertime and, you know, you were off doing things and I was doing things. And so it's taken a little while. I'm glad we finally are able to make the connection.
1: It's been a crazy world since the summer. So we're here. It's the middle of January and hopefully, you know, we'll be here in the middle of next January.
0: Exactly. Right. Exactly. Just before we flipped on the mics, we were talking about some of the things that you do. And I have to say, you've got two podcasts that you work on and you're a prolific podcaster, man. Like they're out every couple of days.
1: You know, it's a lot of fun. I love talking to interesting people. I love hearing the stories of what everyone has. Right. You know, I think when we get to our graves, it's not the dates that you started or ended, but it's the story in between. And that's really where, you know, it's coming out. And I love the fact it's, you know, just great to hear the stories of everyone and really realize that, you know, the men and women that are part of this are no different than you or I, right? A lot of them have just taken action, number one, or said, hey, let's go do it and let's make something happen, number two.
0: Yeah, the world we live in today, and I think I heard you say something on one of your episodes, You know, the fact that people are so much more available now through the pandemic, people that we would think that we would never be able to have a conversation with are, you know, willing to jump in on a podcast, which is awesome for guys like you and me.
1: The opportunity to get in front of people right now is unbelievable. People have time. People aren't traveling. They're not commuting. Most of them are working from home. The audience that listens to our podcast are... Typically, higher achievers and are super busy. And this is great opportunities for them and for both of us to really find out what makes these people because they're all interested, number one, in building their own personal brand. Number two, so are we, right? So it's a win win situation for people on both sides of the mic.
0: Yeah, agreed. Agreed. So, interestingly, you know, your podcast, uh, I guess the one I'm more familiar with is the Executive Athletes podcast. And you've had a bunch of guests on there who I know I'm familiar with, and if one is an athlete or has been an athlete, then it's not surprising that there's crossover with who's there. The one that I'm less familiar with is the ultimate hire. It's very business-oriented in the realm of executive recruiting, which you've been doing for 20-plus years. It sounds like that's your day job.
1: Yeah, so my day job is executive recruiting. I do, do it globally. I do a lot of stuff sort of in the FinTech and specialty money world, but actually expanding that, doing a lot of sales roles across multiple disciplines from tech to sustainability to energy to, you know those types of roles is really, really what I work on. But during this last recession or <laughs> during this pandemic, The Ultimate Hire was a blog that I had had for a while and took the, the opportunity to really just say, hey, leverage my podcasting skills from executive athletes start using this as a business development tool number one but number two to really dig deeper into the business aspect right talking to leaders talking to ceos talking to vps and sort of iconoclasts in the in the business world because believe me i'm by no means a super you know business person right and The amount of information and what I can learn from that is just awesome. Each person you talk to, I sort of say, it's the, get an MBA in technology, you get an MBA in cryptocurrency, you get an MBA in cannabis investing, whatever it is, because people are so passionate about that stuff as much as we are passionate about sport on the other side. So it's been taking off it's actually continuing to grow. Right now, focus on a lot of diversity and inclusion as well. So it's been a great avenue for that. But also, you know, similar to executive athletes, to get people's stories out there and get their
0: voices heard. I'm curious because we're talking about kind of very driven people, athletically, professionally, what have you. I try not to exist in a closed loop of information in my own mind and in my own conversations, but it feels very much to me like there's a a bit of an awakening happening. Like I think people are aware of the world in which we live, the universe in which we interact with. And that it isn't all about just me getting ahead and me getting what I want and making the money that I think I should make. It seems to me that there is an awareness, more of an awareness that, look, we need to do the right things and we need to acknowledge or we are acknowledging that we are part of a greater ecosystem globally and and universally. Do you get any sense for that?
1: 100%. So I've been through three recessions as a recruiter. I went through 9-11, the dot-com boom, 08 and 09. Like I said earlier, if I focus in a lot of specialty lending, specialty money type stuff. As you can imagine, that world blew up <laughs> tremendously. And then through this right now. And what I really started learning and seeing, I think from the first one, you know, the dot-com was just sort of an alternate universe. No one really knew what was happening. The amount of money that was being thrown around was unbelievable. I don't think it was the, as big of a blow-up as people think there was because two years later, the internet really started, right? Up until then, the internet was really just static magazines online, right? It was very not interactive. People were just sort of posting their catalogs. They were posting their magazine, but you know, just sort of pages of it, right? There was no interaction between the whole thing. 8 09 really started to hit, and I think there is, a, there is an amazing opportunity there for tech companies. And that's what I like to call sort of Internet 2.0. But in the same sentence, a lot of people really realized that company loyalty wasn't as important as it used to be. They were getting laid off. People were just sort of doing cuts across the board from so many different angles The unemployment rate was at 10.5%. The stock market was down to 7,500. And I think that was sort of awakening number one, when people are like, oh my God, I really need to take control of my life and my destiny. And after that, it was sort of crazy because you'd see people taking a lot more vacations, taking a lot more time off. And ever since that last recession, summers have been, much slower. People are actually going on vacation for a week or two weeks at a time. They're getting outside of the office. They're pursuing new activities. That started fading probably in 2016, 2017 when sort of the momentum of the market started coming around and going full speed again. But this was another reset of that. People now are working from home. People are really going after passions they're getting, they're going backcountry skiing, they're riding bikes. You can't find a bike or a set of skis in New England, and I'm sure it's the same out there. People are buying boats, people are buying RVs. They're actually getting outside more than just, hey, I feel obligated to sit here and work 24-7. So I, again, I think there's another awakening that's happening there. And now with the whole COVID piece, obviously that was the main driver of it, but with the COVID piece, people are focusing much more on their health going out to eat less and i can tell you i'm eating a thousand times better than i did before because i'm not going out to eat or um they're going out to get up in the morning to go skinning or they can work out at lunch because all of a sudden they get two or three hours back to their day that they're not commuting that they're not getting ready in the morning that like my wife she just pulls her hair up in a ponytail and goes you know sort of go downstairs and put on the uniform which is sort of the you know, the black fleece zip up and you're good to go, right, for the day. And
0: that's
1: (laughs) that's really what's starting to happen. And I think the world of business is changing, the world of work is changing. Believe me, you know, there's gonna be a lot of pent up demand coming out of this that's gonna be awesome for the business world, but it's gonna be different. It's gonna be sort of web, 4.0, 4.0, where you know 1.0 was the early part of the web, 2.0 is when it became online shopping, 3.0 when it was becoming sort of LinkedIn, Facebook, social media. 4.0 now is changing how people do business, how people are educated, how people are really interacting on a completely different basis. So moving forward, I actually just interviewed the head of digital transformation for Dell in the UK and Europe. And in the last nine months they've created 12 years worth of technology changes so where we are right now isn't even going to be where we're going to be in the next six months and as much as we've shifted in the last year to where we are now or 10 months has been astronomical so as much as people think that 2020 was a terrible year that it was a downturn the innovation that's going to come out of this is going to be unbelievable
0: hey you guys it's sharpie i'm the guest from episode number 20. I like to travel to the edge of the known universe and peer over the edge to see what's out there. It's sort of like digging below the surface, tapping into the electromagnetic network of fungi and tree roots to try and figure out what they're talking about. Spread the word to anyone who you think may be interested in expanding their horizon and growing their universe. Thanks, guys. Tune in soon. I think it's interesting what you just said. I haven't done any real tally, if you will. The number of people who think it's been a total shit show and the number of people who think it's been a real blessing. But there are very definitely two camps. I'm sure there are many, many more camps than that on what 2020 was. But I tend to fall into the category personally that pretty incredible gift that we get to pull back on the throttle we get to connect with people, we get to spend more time by ourselves, (laughs) which can be quite a challenge. There are plenty of people who that's not in their wheelhouse. Like, oh my gosh, I have to, I get to actually slow down and be with my own thoughts and my inside my own head. Um, For a lot of people, that's a scary place to be. and, And I get that, right? But I fall into the camp that 2020 has been been a real interesting blessing and not the other way around. Although I do get that, it, you know, if you're isolated and you don't get to spend time with anybody, you know, there are plenty of people out there suffering and suffering mightily and not to take anything away from the tragedy of people losing their lives. What I do think is interesting, in addition, is I live in a, a pretty popular resort town. I think that's actually an understatement. The phrase Zoom Town has cropped up. It used to be Boom Town. I live in a Zoom Town at this point. The number of people, the number of license plates that are in this small Wasatch Mountain town in Utah is stunning. And the rents that they're willing to pay to be here for the winter, and who knows, maybe beyond... The real estate market is super, super heated because people just want out of big, crowded places, it seems. So it's changing the landscape that way as well.
1: It is unbelievable, right? And I think for me personally, I'm a guy who's always loving to just push and push and push. And I think early on in the pandemic, March, April, May, I'm like, you know, I can push through this. I can create more business. I can be better than I was before. And I was just pushing water uphill with a rake, and you know many of my listeners on executive athletes have dealt with anxiety issues my entire life, and it sort of switched into like holy shit panic panic attacks, and I haven't had one of those in like twenty years, and it was just like, "Hey, I need to take stock of what's going on and realize what I'm doing is actually futile. I remember it was like two or three days this summer, and it was like oh my God, like this is just overtaking me. It was not fun, put it that way. But with that sort of was like, you were talking about that reset of like, all right, dude, you know, you need to sort of check yourself. What are you doing? What are you not doing? I know, again, if you look back, there's blessings in that whole thing and really realizing that, number one. Number two, I know I took a huge income hit this year, but in the same sentence, I was able to create new things that I've never been able to create before and reach out to people i haven't been able to do that for and that's really what happened for me the last recession i was like oh here's an opportunity to reinvent yourself where no one is either if it's terrible no one really cares and if it's good people love it right so you have umpteenth ability to really try new things and if you know the world is the world but you never know what's going to take off and what's not going to take off and the craziest things take off that you think oh you know this isn't anything and then you think Oh, you know, I interviewed this person. Next thing you know, you know, Tim Ferriss is going to be calling me, be on his show, and they get like the the least amount of listens out of everyone, right? So it's just it's one of those types of things. It's there's tremendous learning and tremendous learning abilities in this whole thing. And then, sort of, you know, what you're talking about there is the real estate market, the boom, the ability to really get outside of of where they are. I live in central Massachusetts, pretty rural area. But everyone's leaving Boston. Everyone's leaving the 128, 495 belt because they know the value, number one. Number two, I'm 10 minutes from a ski area. So people are up every morning, 100 plus people are skinning at Wachusett Skier in the middle of central Massachusetts. That never happened before, but it's happening, which is awesome. And then number three, you know, seeing people like you're saying and you know where you are, Maine and New Hampshire, the real estate market is the hottest market ever. And I think You know, long-term people's lives are totally shifting. You and I aren't sort of in the same demographic, sort of the Gen Xers that are out there that are like, hey, I wanna be healthy, I wanna be outdoors, I wanna be taking advantage of this, and how can I do that best way possible? Like I said earlier, you couldn't find a boat and RV because people are actually doing that, which is probably one of the coolest things ever to see.
0: I agree, there's this appreciation for nature, for the natural world, Regardless of what the factors are that have brought us to this, I don't want to go shoulder to shoulder with people. I'd rather be out and, and have some space. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Like More people outdoors means, I think, more people caring for, appreciating, and therefore, I don't want to say preserving, but but acknowledging the benefit of the natural world. Being in it, caring for it, preserving it. Using it in a responsible way, whether that be skinning up, you know, the Wachusett ski area, or whether that be getting out on your bike or wandering out into the woods and feeling what it feels like to be, you know, in nature, there will be great benefit. There probably already is. Hopefully the planet benefits from it as well. Seems likely.
1: We hope so. Right. And just hopefully they pick up their masks when they're coming out of the woods. (laughs) That's the one thing (laughs) I see. I think overall people are starting to be more conscious of their health, more conscious of, and believe me, I think as much as you know the deaths and lives lost from the COVID thing, I think there's probably as many or more f- dealing with mental health issues, dealing with suicide, dealing with substance abuse. You know, I think people are just bored, so they're going to buy bottles of wines and beer and that type of stuff, and that can turn into a whole other issue, right? So again, it's
0: an interesting time to see. I have a note here. You just mentioned it a few minutes ago, you know, that you have dealt with anxiety all of your life, which is not everybody's willing to admit that or or share that, I guess is a better way to say that. So kudos to you for being comfortable and being willing because lots of people don't. And I think it's an amazing thing when we're willing to share and show our vulnerabilities. And the other note that I have that dovetails in with that, and I'll be curious to see what you have to say is... I was watching a Ramdas documentary, and it was long before COVID. And he was talking about taking off the masks that we create for ourselves, right? Like, I am podcast host. I am former U.S. ski team ski jumper. I am, you know, father, husband, whatever. These are masks that we wear. And when we're willing to take them off, personas that we think are important and we're able to share our vulnerability— wow what a, what a gift it is to ourselves and i think it can be a real gift to others as well
1: it's an interesting perspective of you know i think everyone sort of thinks that they need to be the most successful person in the room right now that's a sort of i know in new england right it's that old protestant culture you're going to work 24 7 that no matter what you got to put your head down you put the grindstone if you're working in the investment bank it, it's who stays at work the latest right who is perceived as most successful versus the guys who are the most efficient and can actually get their job done and go out there and and do that. But I love what you're saying there about taking the mask off, because we aren't what we do for a living. We aren't the sport that we play, right? We we have our own individual identity. I don't know if it's U.S. culture. I think it is. It's so easy to put a label on. All right, I'm a businessman. I'm a doctor. I'm a lawyer. I'm a salesperson. I'm this. I'm that and you aren't what you do for a living. That's hard for a lot of people to accept because I talk in my search business, I do a lot of consulting with athletes who are sort of making the move from being an athlete into the business world and they struggle with identity. Or it could be musicians, or it could be computer programmers who all of a sudden find themselves in a CrossFit gym. Or, you know, they struggle with that because, oh my God, I shouldn't be here because I'm a programmer and I've always been sort of sitting behind a computer. but. Now I'm in love with CrossFit or whatever, right? It's there's struggles from whatever side and whatever angle that's out there. And I think one of the biggest things too is number one, knowing your weaknesses, right? And and trying different things. And a lot of people are scared of it, but it's probably one of the most freeing things ever is going into a situation where you're a beginner, where you know nothing And it's wow, like, hey, I can actually learn something. I'm not going in here with any bias. I'm actually gonna learn and listen to what these people are telling me. The power in saying that you're a beginner at something is unbelievable. And people think that, oh, that they should know everything at all times. The second you say to someone, hey, I'm brand new at doing this. Can you teach me about this or that? All of a sudden that diffuses people, unbelievable. And because most people out there wanna help other people. They wanna help you grow but it makes them feel good as well. So if one nugget of thing that's listening here, don't be afraid to be a beginner and tell people that, Hey, I'm a beginner. You know, how can you help me out? What should I do?
0: Right. In tantric yogic philosophy, you know, having the beginner's mind, what a great nugget to share, because if we're willing to be vulnerable and we're willing to tell people that, wow, we take off the mask of, Hey, I'm capable. I'm you know, physical. I'm I'm able. And when we say, "Hey, look, this is brand new to me. I'm a beginner. I love that. I think we can all do that with some more regularity, and and the world would be a better place for sure."
1: No, I can. I'll tell you a funny story. So, I had always been an endurance athlete, bike racer, ski race, cross, you know, adventure, doing all this crazy stuff. And my wife convinced me to go to CrossFit with her. And I had sort of always lifted a little bit, you know, through college and and afterwards, but nothing like going to a CrossFit gym and all of a sudden getting thrown into it. And I was like, yeah, I can go in there. I can do this. And I've never had a more humbling experience of, hey, you're doing this and here's a PVC pipe because you don't know shit on what you're doing. And it was like, wow, this is actually very freeing, right? And my wife would make fun of me she would tell all her friends and everything else. And it's like, it was sort of the best feeling in the world to go in there and, and learn how to clean properly or do overhead squats or really work on your mobility because I had no mobility at all. And I was like, huh, my hips actually don't bend. My, uh, you know, I can't get my shoulders over my head in a straight line, that type of stuff. But now it's constantly learning, you know, how can you become better? Again, there's the power in that. And one final story is when early on in my recruiting business, someone had told me, don't be afraid to tell the person on the other phone that you're brand new at doing this. I, I still do it right now. If I go into a new industry, I'd be like, hey, you know, I've placed salespeople all over the world, but I don't know much about your marketplace. Can you teach me? And then at that point, they tell you everything. They start giving you referrals and, and everything else. And it ends up working wonders.
0: And they'll say, oh, that Ken, he's such a good listener. hundred percent. Right? <laughs> like, and
1: you're sitting there typing as fast as you can to sort of reiterate what they're what they're trying to tell you.
0: I had a very similar experience in business years ago. There's a young man who does listen to most of these podcasts. And and so Rob, this is a big shout out to you. He was in his late twenties and we were in corporate meeting and special events business. So we were selling local destination management services. And so meeting planners would come into town and, and we would share with them the options for, you know, what their groups can do when they came to town. There was a whole lot more to it than that. But the majority of the meeting planners embedded within a company or with a third-party meeting planning company were middle-aged women. So somewhere between 40 and 60, ballpark, right? And this guy was 28 years old when he started. And he said, Jeff, yeah, they're looking at me like I'm a kid and I have no experience. And so how's that going to fly, right? Like, they're not going to buy anything from me. And I said, you just have to be honest with them. Right. Like you're learning. If you're not trying to bullshit them, you know, stick with what you know, admit what you don't know. In no time, you'll have a tremendous amount of knowledge and expertise and you'll be, and you'll be styling, right? It'll work out just fine. And it did. But to your point, you can't be afraid to admit what you don't know. Yeah. There is the kind of fake it till you make it mentality. But if we're willing to be vulnerable, we're willing to listen, we're willing to learn, we're willing to be beginners and approach it and acknowledge that people, as you said, people are more than willing to help.
1: And a lot like this whole podcast thing right now, right? It's opportunities to reach out to people and say, hey, is this something that would interest you? And if they're not interested, they'll be like, hey, you know, that's sort of outside my realm, but here, talk to this person. And that's that's how it all happens. That's how business happens. People, like I said, it's with using LinkedIn or using Facebook or doing that, sending a quick message to someone doesn't hurt, right? It's I think I grew up thinking that it did, that I had to do it in some special way to be like, you know, whiz bang car salesman guy to anyone, you know, to talk to me. And and it's not that at all. It's just like, Hey, you know, I saw you checked out my podcast on another guest I had. I have no idea if you'd be interested in being part of this, boom, send you a note. And it's like, it's unbelievable. Number one, how quickly you get people get back to you. And number two, how willing they're like, Hey, yeah, I'll, I'll be on that. Or it doesn't work for me, but here, talk to this person and talk to that person.
0: Okay. So on that front, we're, we're a little more than 32 minutes in. Uh, One of the things I really dig about your podcast is that it's unscripted and unedited. Mine is not scripted, but it is edited. So here's a question for you. By some very quick math, and I don't know if this is exactly accurate, but it looks like Executive Athletes has about 165 episodes out, and the Ultimate Hire looks like it has about 36 episodes out. And quick math, that's 201 episodes. What advice do you have to a newer podcaster like myself? What are you willing to share with me?
1: I think a lot of it is just, you know, for someone who's in it, like yourself, it's like, hey, you know, just keep on rolling, right? And that's, it's consistency. It's showing up. And a lot of people, what do they say? Most podcasts die after eight or nine episodes. And everyone thinks they're going to start a podcast. It's going to be the next Tim Ferriss or Joe Rogan. And it's not. I think you really have to define your world of who your, you know, who your listeners are. You don't really know yet, right? You know, it's 37 episodes. You're just you're just getting rolling. And I think the biggest key to the whole thing is consistency and doing it every week, right? I would do it weekly before, now I'm you know, publishing two or three times a week, really because of a backlog, number one. Number two, it's I love talking to these people and sort of getting their stories out and you know what I can learn. And one thing that I do instead of, I don't really watch TV, I don't watch professional sports, I don't do any of that stuff. So this is sort of my entertainment. Is is doing podcasting, right? Or learning social media or learning how to build a personal brand because watching the Patriots isn't making me any money. They're not paying me to watch a Patriots game, right? So what can we do during those downtime? I think during COVID right now, I get stuck into watching a few more shows that my wife lured me into. But again, it's you know, it's a sort of every morning I get up, I do all my stuff at, you know, between probably six and seven thirty or eight o'clock in the morning. And Believe me, it's not working straight. It's sort of reading the news, doing the thing. But every morning I try to put out some content. And I think that's the key to podcasting as well is consistent content that really helps you build your, you know, build your own personal brand. If someone's looking to get into podcasting, don't be afraid to just try it. You got nothing to lose. You know what? For the first three months or first ten episodes, it might be your mother and your girlfriend and your spouse listening to it and they're not going to want to listen to it after episode three, so you have to recruit other people and hopefully they start listening to it and, <laughs> and, and going from there. But the best thing about it is you can explore. It doesn't need to be about success. It doesn't need to be about sports. It can be about crocheting or training dogs or doing anything. If you look at sort of the masterclass thing, which is fascinating, the people that they're interviewing, it's like, you know, t- from Gordon Ramsay to Carl Rove to... RuPaul to you know Jimmy Chin and everything in between and there's no sort of relevancy in it it's whatever you are passionate about you can go find out there and if you can't you can start that right you have an opportunity to go start and build a following lastly is you can become an expert in whatever you want because you actually have the guts to go out there and actually throw it out there and make it happen so people don't think that, oh, I might not be an expert in podcasting. Episode five, you're an expert in podcasting, right? So now it's just learning how to how do I make it better? How, how do I do things more efficiently? How do I get more reach? And believe me, I'm still learning that stuff every day.
0: Well, as we said before, we turned on the microphones. There's often a time during a podcast where I think to myself, what am I going to add to that? <laughs> what, can, what can I add to that? So asking the question, you being willing to share what you've learned, Is super helpful to me. You know, I've been at this podcasting thing about a year. And so I'm grateful. I appreciate you sharing what you've learned for me personally and then for listeners, anybody who wants to go out there and and throw it out into the world. You know, you can be an expert in anything you want. I love the fact that we live in this world where you actually can. And so we did start by saying pre microphone that sometimes we jump over and, and, you know, why don't we do that? I'm going to say, Thank you, Ken, for being on ATBS, the podcast. And it was an honor
1: to be part of this, right? I love, it's fun to be on the other side of the mic and sort of, you know, share my insight as well. So no, it's an honor to be part of it. And, you know, I hope I was able to give your listeners some nuggets to think about.
0: Absolutely. So real quick, where are people going to find you?
1: Most of my stuff, I do a lot of stuff on LinkedIn. So you can find me Ken Lubin on LinkedIn. You can check out my website, Executive Athletes, and my email is kenatexecutiveathletes dot com. So you can email me there, whatever you want. Also, my work email is k lubin at zrgpartners dot com. So that's my day job. Yeah, check it out there. The other side is the Ultimate Hire. It's all about leadership. It's all about hiring. It's all about sort of navigating these tough times. And people ask me why the name, you know, I came up with that name. It's purely because I couldn't really find a domain name outside of that that worked really well with with recruiting. So there's really no, you know, no science behind it. But it really comes down to it as like, hey, you know, if you're going to hire for an organization, you want to hire the ultimate guy or you want to be the ultimate organization that people want to come work for you. Because that's one thing organizations forget is that, they think that everyone wants to come work for them. In reality, it's called recruiting. It's not called choosing. Just like fishing isn't called catching, right? So, mm-hmm. it's, uh, you know, you always have to be recruiting, especially in today's world. So those are the places you can really, really find me.
0: Yeah, cool. And the podcasts are everywhere, I know that. They're, you know, Apple Podcasts and Spotify and Google and anywhere you find your podcast. So the Ultimate Hire is one, Executive Athletes is the other, ZRG is the professional side of things. Again, thank you for being on. We're going to jump over to some things big and small. I'm going to ask, as I ask most of my guests, you know, for a few nuggets, like maybe what would you tell your 22-year-old self if you could go back and share some nuggets of wisdom. So, Ken, thanks for being on all things big and small. For those of you listening, if you're interested in ad-free listening, if you're interested in early access and you want some exclusive content, Feel free to become a patron on Patreon. You can find that stuff on our website, atbsthepodcast.com. And we'll jump over to some things big and small, and I'll see you there, Ken. Perfect. Thank you for listening to ATBS The Podcast and this episode with Ken Lubin. Thanks for your continued interest in ATBS The Podcast as well. I sure appreciate it. Until next time, be smart, be safe, and please be kind.